check the mic and make sure it sound right, boys. Welcome to Red Storm Chasers. I'm Vincent here with Craig, Tim, and Nick. On this episode, we'll look back at the disappointing end of the season with the win against Butler and the loss against Marquette. And of course, we'll discuss the end of the Mike Anderson era. Guys, good to be back with you, all four of us, back on the podcast for the first time in a long time. It's been about a month or so. Ah, I had to do one episode alone. We were, we were piecing meal it together with guys. Vincent was alone in a bunker doing it by himself. <laughs> Listen, you got whatever you got to do to get the, get, the, get the word out. You know what I'm saying? The three of us, it's funny because the next time the three of us were together and just Vincent was Yeah, down. you just got me out. All right, we're going to spread it out, but not evenly. See, I got the stuck in that weeks. bunker. I couldn't get out, and that's why I couldn't record that episode. All right, so we'll start with a basketball-centric question tonight. Uh, what was your favorite moment from championship week? Obviously, now the first week of the tournament going on here, but last week, another great week, uh, championship week, also a special week. Not as good as the first week of the tournament, but maybe as good, to be completely I honest. Know, I love championship week. Championship week is great. Not as, I don't know, the Thursday no, the f- and Friday of the NCAA tournament are the two best days of all of sports, not even just the NCAA tournament. But uh, championship week does, is, is great. Anybody, anyway, great moments from championship week. Craig, what do you got? My great moment is going to be Furman, the Furman Paladins, who I root for mostly because I bet on them fairly regularly. And, <laughs> Fair. Uh, they made their first NCAA tournament in 43 years since 1980. Good for them. Um, and also it's nice because last year they were the one seed, I believe, yep. and lost in the conference tournament. Uh, Chattanooga. Right at the end. Chattanooga beat them right at the end. Yep. They had to have two graduate students who came back this year to bring them to the tournament for the first time in 43 years and they did it and in the last moment that one of the kids i can't remember his name he walked over to the spot on the floor where he was laying on the ground last year as time expired to like look from there and look up now that he won i thought That's that was cool. a cool moment I, was, cool. I really like that moment it's cool that the two kids came back yeah yeah, yeah and did. that they did it and right, and that they, they actually got in i will be rooting for Furman at 12 40 all right virginia there you go tim what do you got uh, for me, it was watching the end of the MAC conference the double, championship. The double A MAC. Yep. So I ended up turning, well, as we'll talk about later, uh, Rick Patino coaching the Iowa Gales. I saw what the score was at halftime, and I was like, you know what I'm saying? I got to turn this on. Sat there, watched the second half of it, and you know what I'm saying? Rick Patino. Very happy man winning a conference championship. It would be nice if he does that in the Big East. Definitely. Certainly would. Certainly would. Let's hope that makes Foreshadowing. De- we'll talk about that a little bit. Nick, <laughs> what do you got from championship week? So my favorite thing during the championship week, it's a little bit along Craig's. First of all, I just love watching the smaller conferences because they're absolutely fighting for their lives. Agreed. And even if they were the best team all year, if they don't win their conference championship, it doesn't matter anyway. So along with that, I was watching – Howard versus Norfolk State. I watched basically that whole game. Miak. And in the Miak. And it literally, like, it was back and forth the entire game. I don't think the lead was higher than, like, 5-7. The, the game, they, the Howard won by one point. It was, the whole game was literally back and forth. It was it was a great game. And it's just, I just love watching the smaller conferences. Yeah, it, 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 it is what makes the championship week so cool, right? Because you do have teams that aren't making the tournament unless they win it. Uh, which is why I always end up rooting for the one seeds in the small conferences, which is kind of the very opposite of what I do in the major conferences. Yeah, uh, I always root for the one seeds in the small conferences because this is a team who worked really hard, and you know they deserve to go, and you know they're not going to go if they don't win, right? So yeah. like, yeah. You, you talk about playing for their lives; they are playing for their lives, and some of these teams are very deserving, but aren't going to get the chance. So as 
no, nah, I don't know. As as not normal it is to root for the one seed, at least for me, uh, I always think that's a fun part of championship week for sure. Yeah, and plus seeing the like the small James, like you said, Nick, these are it's a it's a different feel, it's a different vibe, and it's cool to see, and it's very different. Um, the thing about the NCAA tournament is that it does really start with championship week. And if you think about it, every team in NCAA has a chance to win the championship. Some of it starts in championship week. Sometimes it starts in the NCAA tournament. But you have the shot. You're the littlest school. You've won one game all year. If you go on a hot streak, you could win. Now, could you really theoretically win? Probably not. But theoretically, you have the ability. Oh, I, I serve you up. The Mammoth women were the seventh seed uh, in the Colonial, and they won the Colonial championship. This year. Yeah. Wow. So they're going to the NCAA tournament, which is cool for those, those girls. I mean, obviously, like you said, no shot. I mean, they're seven seed. They're, you know, I think they may be sub 500 on the season. Uh, but they came away with victory, and now they get to go to the, the NCAA tournament. You're right. It does sort of start with championship week. Yeah. I, I mean, for, just for the small conferences, you're, it's, you're for right. sure. I, I, I appreciate that point, actually, now. Uh, all right. So I'm going to say small conference as well. I'm going to talk about Charleston. Um, you know, they won the CAA. They were going to be the first team with over 30 wins, or 30 wins, I should say, uh, to not make the tournament if they lost. Uh, so it's not surprising that they won, but good to see them win. Glad they got in. They deserve it. Uh, they're a 12 seed. Uh, and it was, you know, listen, it, it was, they won 63-58. It wasn't a super close game, uh, but close enough, you know, for sweating it out a little bit. Uh, and I like the Colonial Tournament. I've worked it before, so it's kind of cool. Just an honorable mention to Mary Mack, by the way. Mary Mack went out and won uh, the the NEC championship, but they don't get to go. And this is the second year this has happened. They don't get to go to the NCAA tournament. It's ridiculous. Because they came up from Division Two, so they're ineligible for postseason for the first, I think it's, what, three years? Four, I Four years? Yeah. They they won the tournament last year. They won the tournament again this year. Two years in a row, not eligible to go. That's ridiculous. Holy, I don't, even, that's I don't even understand the purpose of the rule. I'm with you. I, you know I mean? why, it doesn't make any ban, sense. Why are, we, why are we hurting a team that's doing well? So I read it. I, here's why. And I, I'm not saying I agree with it, but here's why. is that they said they don't want teams to go down to Division Two where there's different limits in terms of scholarship players. They could get a bunch of players and then pop up to D1 with that class and then and then win. That's an interesting thought. It, I, makes, I, it doesn't really. It's not likely to it's, happen. They're it's, allowed. They, wait, wait. So, so Merrimack has more, uh, more no, scholarship players. But the, than them? The, the the standards for D two scholarships are lower. Oh, you than mean like D1. academically? Academically, like there's different rules in terms of funding and stuff like that, and what they that kind of stuff. When you make the jump to D two to D one, that first four years, they don't make you get rid of your whole team because that would be ridiculous. Mm, How would yeah. you be able to do that? So. They what they don't want is teams to drop into D two and then drop up into go up into D one like get right, better pop, guys yeah. and pop up. <laughs> now that's that's creating a rule for a problem that's probably never going to happen. Right. So it's a little nah, over. I, listen, you can see where it would happen. Yeah, I don't. Know. I don't think it's likely. You, you want to talk about it for a year, maybe? You, I, can, I could. That, that's what I was going to say. Yeah. If you if you really think it's going to be a problem, do it for a year. Right. Well, let somebody do it first. No, no. You want to preempt the rules, but do it for a year. The thing is, you're not going to have kids nowadays with the transfer portal who's able to go anywhere after one well, year. This go ru- down to a D2 school with no recognition. No, nah, but this, so this was made before that. Up. This rule well, was clearly made before but I'm saying, that. But that doesn't mean we can't change it, it now. Yeah, it was so ridiculous. It certainly just needs to be removed. It also certainly sucks for Mary Mack. I'm not saying I agree with I wanted to shout them out because they deserve recognition. And, I mean, you know, it sucks back-to-back years. Plus, it was a great game. They won 67-66. to FDU still gets to go, even though they lost the championship. Fairly Dickinson. Can we talk about that? Clearly, we're... True underdog stories over here. The conference tournaments we talked about was the the MAC, the M, the MIAC, the, the big the the South the Southern, 
the Southern Conference. Southern Conference. SoCon. And the CAA. And the CAA. Well, and the NEC. And the NEC. We love, we love the small schools, man. We love the small schools. All right. So let's go and now talk about the unfortunate end of the St. John's season. Obviously, we didn't win the Big East tournament. So it was, a, it was an unfortunate end. We won on Wednesday, just like we've constantly done recently. But we found ourselves on Thursday again. And ended it with a loss. Our, our record on Wednesday, though. <laughs> I mean, we are just Wednesday night champions. If we could just move the Thursday games to Wednesday. I mean, Villanova may own the, the biggest tournaments in this conference tournament, but nobody owns Wednesday like the St. John's <laughs> Red Storm, okay? If, if only we could play the quarterfinals on... Let's add, can, we, can we petition for that? We'd like to play the quarterfinals on Wednesday. <laughs> We'd like to move our tournament up to Tuesday... You can take a day off. Take Friday off. Thursday's no good for us. Thursday's just no good for us. We don't like that. All right. So Butler was our matchup on Wednesday, uh, 76 to 63. A St. John's win. Uh, to be honest, we didn't do anything poorly. Um, I mean, no, we, it was a good game. we just dominated Butler. Uh, we came in ready to play. And to, with all due respect, uh, this team, you know, I, I expected that from this team, and they didn't disappoint. No, we, we have the talent level, and frankly, we're better than Butler. Correct. I mean, we lost them in regular season, but at Hinkle, that happens. You know, Hinkle's a tough place to play, but yeah. we're a better team than Butler, uh, and we showed it, and we dominated them pretty much throughout, from very early on throughout. So, well, kind of what I, I had hoped and expected, and after looking at our Wednesday record, kind of something I knew was going to happen. Yeah, I, I had the good fortune of going to the game on Wednesday because I knew this was probably going to be the only day I would see a victory. So I went alone, and I could tell you, I was one of probably two to three dozen fans, fans, not only St. John's fans, <laughs> fans in the building at that time. This was what uh, three o'clock. Three, three o'clock. Three, yeah, three thirty. Yeah, three thirty. No, no, three, three o'clock. Three on a Wednesday. So That's like, a rough time, by the yeah, way. Yeah, I was yeah. there at like two thirty, and there was like no one. By the end it, of the game, it started it, getting more. Popular. It used to be before we had eleven teams, which we don't want UConn in anyway. Uh, it was better because you only had a night session, right? So the game started at at six, seven and nine, or seven and nine. Yeah, sorry, seven and nine, which is a great time. That's the perfect time. The only problem with that was the seven, the eight, nine game, which we were always in at seven o'clock. Then had to play at noon the next day, yeah, and right, tough. yeah, that, lost that's, by twenty points every year because you nah, literally are playing within like that is that is it way. is fair. So I think three o'clock's a little bit better. Well, to be fair, they could have played at six though. <laughs> they didn't have to play. They didn't have to always make that the nine game. But anyway, neither neither here nor there. I think it is an unfortunate crowd, but you know most of these conference tournaments are pretty light. Uh, in the in the afternoon sessions, just by nature, right? Yeah. It only, is what it is. Only the Big East, not only the Big East on Thursday is a sold out building. That's because it's the best conference tournament in all of college basketball. Not even remotely close. It the is, number one by far. Not it, I having watched a lot of them. It's not the energy at the Big East tournament is just next level. I mean, I, it's amazing. Like you're talking about a two o'clock game in the afternoon on a Thursday, and that place is jumping. Like it is. It's amazing. It's uh, it's, it's why can't... the Garden is so important to college basketball, right? Yeah. I mean, it, the Big East tournament is the pinnacle of the season, right? And it's played or pinnacle of the regular season. But it's at Madison Square Garden, Big East teams. It's it's part of Northeast culture. And, I, you know, it's funny. Uh, uh, I think it was Jay Wright may have been saying he did. that. He oh, did, yeah, right? He did, yep. Uh, he was talking about how important the Big East tournament is to Northeast. He said, you know, it's it's like football to the South. Yep. Uh, in a way, and and he's not wrong, right? It, it, people in New York City know when it's Big East tournament. They're you know they're, it's it's a prime basketball experience on Thursday from noon until midnight, and it's it's just still great to see that. And people go that we've done such even, a good job. We have keeping that up, well, and we have done a great job keeping it up. And even people people, it's an event. People Correct. go yeah. to the Big East tournament. They might not even have a school in the mix. 
but they'll go. Or fans will go and they'll stay. Right, their team might lose, but we'll stay. We've done it. We, you know, St. John's clearly lots of the time loses on Thursday. We would yeah. stay to the end because it's just still the event of it. It's still amazing, and it's tied into the culture. And I think also being a whole conference of basketball first schools that yeah. matters. Yeah, no, hundred percent matters. Basketball is the thing that matters the most. All of these schools. Yeah, there's not a single. Yeah, and this is the pinnacle of the basketball season. So clearly, we sell out. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. So unfortunately, after the Butler win, uh, we advance in the bracket. Now we play Marquette at noon on Thursday. Thursday, our Achilles heel. Uh, so in in recent <laughs> and in recent Big East tournaments, uh, and that proved true once again. Uh, you know this game was really frustrating because we played them well on Saturday. Uh, we had a quick comeback at the end of the game where we almost almost got it on Saturday against them. Uh, and then you know you felt coming into this game on Thursday that listen we could we can play with these guys we can beat them. Uh, as good as they are, they're the number one seed, you know, sixth in the country coming into the week. This is a team we can beat, uh, and we proved that we could beat them. We played with them the whole game. Brought them to overtime. Took them into overtime, and it just, in pure St. John's fashion, <laughs> pulled the rug out from under you right at the end. Had opportunities to win that we didn't take advantage of, and just a bone-crushing loss. Because this is a game, multiple times I said, we might actually pull this off. And, of course, we did not. And it was, let me tell you, soul-crushing. I mean, you all know, it's soul-crushing. Like, literally, I was so disgusted. (laughs) Like, the whole rest of my day. And my day is always kind of ruined when St. John loses. I I was, like, physically ill for, for, like, a good two hours after this game. I I didn't even want to, like, remotely think about doing anything because I just had to sit there in sadness. I 100%. I mean, uh, you know, you know, Part of you thinks you know it's coming. You right. just know it's coming. Yeah. Uh, but then there's always that little part of you is like, maybe we're actually gonna do it. I, you know, there were multiple times in that game. I was like, oh my god, we're gonna play on Friday. What do I have? Can I rearrange it so I can go? <laughs> yeah. And then I, you know, no, don't think that in your head because we think that it's never actually gonna happen. And that part was right because there were so many times. Oh, just it, it, it's funny because <laughs> last year was Villanova, right? Could have beat them in the tournament. I mean, almost beat them. Yeah. This year, Marquette again, almost beat them. And and we had the we had the talent. We had the talent. We had the opportunity. We had the opportunities. Had. That's the frustrating part, right? Well, That's always the frustrating. We part. also had no field goals in overtime scored. Oh yeah. But we still only lost by two. Well, yeah, because we actually shot really well. On the free throw we line, we did. We yeah. did. You right. But we we just not well enough. We couldn't By the draw. Way, just not well enough. Well, yeah, we couldn't draw up any kind of play to get Joel the ball before he ended up getting hurt because Joel did tweak his uh, tweak his knee when he was fighting really hard for that ball and it got tipped out and it gave us that last second chance. AJ Store rolls his ankle. Corbello's out with concussions. Pinzone is suspended forever. It seems like and. We somehow almost beat the number one team. I mean, it, it, yeah. it, it the losing Soriano there was killer, right? Because you, yeah. you have an opportunity to dish it right into him near the basket, and him getting hurt, it just takes that away. Now, I do have an issue with the last play, okay? Now, I love Posh Alexander. You all know this. Now, Posh was calling for the ball, but Wusu has the ball in the key. Just go to the basket. And if you're not going to go to the basket... Please, for the love of God, pass the ball to AJ Store, who's the best three-point shooter in fucking college basketball. But he he wasn't open though. 
don't do. I agree with you. Don't Wu, do what you did. Wusu's got to take it to the hole. Yeah. Wusu has had did it several times. Several times in a row. He was on fire that game. He played yeah. great. Yeah. Um. And he had a pretty good look. I mean, right, there was a guy in front right of him. There, but drive to the basket, get fouled. They, were, they called the foul on every possession. Every foul. possession in overtime. Yeah. There was a foul. So, yeah. uh, take the shot. Take the Wusu shot. at the line, though, for the game is a little is a scary thing. Of course it's scary. It's it's scary, <laughs> but to you, you got it. You know what the, the one thing about this is, and, and we have to give credit, a lot of credit to our guys. Like Tim said, Soriano got hurt fighting with his knee. Um, Store got uh, twisted his ankle and continued on the game. They This team... Played, left their hearts out on the court. They really, they really did. Yeah, gave 100%. it everything they had and came up a little short, which is unfortunate and obviously sucks for us. But it certainly sucks more for them because I know that they obviously want to win just as much as everybody else. So that it was just a tough, um, a tough day for for uh, the ML around. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm not, yeah. I'm not, you know, no, of course they, not. They, I'm just saying, they I was played just trying so to... hard and I was rooting for them as hard. Oh, of course, no, no, uh, and it's just, it, and listen, obviously, it's easier to have 2020 vision when you're looking in the past. Uh, it's hard for Wusu in the moment to realize. You know, listen, he uh, he knows he might not make the shot, right? If he and he may not get the foul call, so it's tough. But it's I mean, just that shot goes in. We're all loving it. Well, I mean, yeah, that's the other thing. Right? Yeah. But also, yeah, I mean, we were just so close. I, so, I know that's a tough. One. We had you know, Soriano one more free throw. We get we're up, we're up seventy one seventy. It's a different game, right? Or, sorry, seventy yeah seventy one seventy. It's a different game then at the end there, and then and then Colic's got to make and now. You know, you never know what happens, but I, it's just. And they missed it. Marquette missed a bunch of free throws down the stretch. They missed free throws down yeah. the stretch. Um, yeah, they did. And on ESPN, I saw. I looked at it the other day. Our win probability with like a minute to go in the in the first half was eighty one point seven percent. That's disgusting. Just to put in context, that how much of a gut punch that was. That first half was one of the best basketball we played all year, though. A hundred percent. I mean, that was that was the perfect first half. A hundred percent. Yeah, we find the most painful ways to lose. We do. We do. It, like, you said it, that, Vincent. It's almost it like, like it's most true statement in the world. It's like you know, we, again, you know, in the back of your mind, like it's not going to happen, yeah. right? It's not going to happen. Coming into the game, and yet we somehow, in in the forty minutes, decide, you know what? Let's let's sell them enough <laughs> to believe it, to taste it, only to pull it away, only at the last minute to be like, no, just kidding, you don't get this. The other play we got to talk about is with like sixteen seconds ago in, in the game. And we force a steal. Posh steals it at half court, and then now Mike Anderson said he was trying to call timeout, so we want to go dance oh, too much yeah. on Mike Anderson's grave here. But he didn't call timeout. No, a little bit because you got to call timeout if you were trying. Under, there's no trying to call timeout. By the yeah. way, you're the head coach. There's a referee who stands directly next to you when it's on your half of the court. I agree. You have to get the timeout. There's under no circumstances can you not call timeout. There's no. Yeah. I was trying to call timeout. That's not a thing. Right. Yeah, it's not a thing that happens. Well, unfor- and unfortunately, he did not call timeout. Uh, David Jones tried to drive in, lost the ball, which I'm not really sure why David Jones did that. But I'm not really sure why David Jones was still in the game at that point. Which is another Mike Anderson problem. Well, let's talk about that because, you know, this was the end of the Mike Anderson era. It was. Right? This game didn't go unpunished. Yeah. Right? The right. loss to Marquette didn't go unpunished. No. And these decisions didn't because on Friday, uh, Mike Anderson was fired. Yeah. Right. And And you know what? You look at the game and you go, yeah. Two more plays, or two drawn-up plays, two different decisions, we win that game against Marquette. There's been too many games this season that have come directly down to the, the decisions he makes in the last minute of the game. Sometimes, mostly the last 30 seconds. Or the lack game. thereof. Or lack thereof. Or he doesn't call a timeout. Or he doesn't pull somebody. And then he should pull somebody, but then he doesn't pull them. Or, he, you know, vice versa. 
He leaves it's just, yeah. Andre Corbella to just play out the game however he decides. He leaves David Jones here to play out the game however he decides. And I don't fault the players, right? They're on the court. They're trying to do their best they can. And and David Jones's style is, you know, a whirling dervish, right? He's he's a guy attacks, who just plays yeah. crazy, attacks. Yeah. And we love that about David Jones. Uh, but there's a as the coach, your job is to say, David, right now you don't have it. So I'm going to take you out, let you get a little rest, and we're going to put somebody else in who, who you know, we're going to play this style for now. Maybe next time you get back out there, you're back on track. You have to put pl- the, the players in a position to succeed. And that was Correct. what Mike Anderson failed at a lot. Time frankly. and time again. He didn't put his players in in position to succeed. They didn't get, you know, shots for guys who should got shots. didn't get the ball so we early enough. All those kinds of things. And that adds up. Right, yeah. I mean that adds up, and what happens is we didn't do a lot of little things, and what happens is over the course of games, all of a sudden those things adds up, and when they add up, then we lose. And this team had far too much talent; still has far too much talent. Luckily, not going to win; they're also there. But um, yeah. to have the outcome that we had, we just do absolutely I mean, we look across the board ob- objectively too much talent. Like Soriano was the second team, should have been the first team, but second team, all biggest player, one hundred percent. Posh Alexander was a former defensive player of the year in the Big East, a freshman of the year in the Big East. Uh, AJ Storr was on the freshman, the all freshman team. All freshman team. Uh, Andre Corbello, for all of his ups and downs, was the sixth man of the year in the Big Ten. There's no denying that he has talent. Now, Coming in. Unlo- uh, yeah. In terms of unlocking it, that has to do with coaching, though. He yeah. has the ability. Whether, whether you did with it is a different story, but he has that ability. Uh, David Jones was second in scoring in the Big East. So there's talent on the team, undeniable talent. And the fact that we didn't even make the NIT, didn't even sniff the NIT. That's why Mike Anderson had to go, and and ultimately why it was the decision why it was made because he just didn't put the players in the position they needed to be to succeed. He didn't do enough as a coach, and that's his job. He finished his career at St. John sixty eight and fifty six as his record zero postseason appearances. We did have the one year we last uh, to, uh, the twenty twenty one season. We got invited to the twenty twenty one the two thousand twenty one NIT. We declined. That was when it was being completely held in Texas. Uh, in that COVID year, COVID, so we yeah. we decided not to play. Uh, but so also no twenty win seasons, zero twenty win seasons, never so. ranked at any time throughout his tenure. Yep, Har- horrible quad one uh, record. Records. Yep. So yeah, it's just it, it just. But hey, he it was, was above five hundred every season still. Yeah. So he well, kept that. Record listen, he's a, he's a he. He he's was a, a good coach. Yeah. Right. Yeah. He's a mediocre coach now. He's you know he's still an overall plus coach. Plus his in terms of his record, in terms of his record, I'm not talking about actually, but in terms of his record, but the but his style doesn't work anymore, and he didn't figure that out. Yeah, I think that's what the truth of the matter is with him. He had a style that used to be better than everybody else, and it worked well because teams weren't used to playing it. Well, a lot of teams play the style now of constant press, and his press wasn't as good as the other presses, i.e., Marquette's. Um, and he didn't realize how to adapt his game to the game of today. So he was still playing the game the way he played it at Arkansas, at Missouri, and the game has changed, and it just doesn't work the same way. There's a way you can adapt that to being effective, but he didn't do that. Yeah. And, and that's why I think he had the no success at St. John's that he had. I, I also think that the transfer portal has to do, and that, that has to do with keeping up with the times, right? In terms Correct, of yeah. Keeping up with the transfer portal, because guys are coming in and out constantly, his system that he had was predicated on guys being there for a long time, getting used to the system, having their own decision big in the system. So remember, he comes to say, oh, you know, we're still gelling as a team, we're still gelling as a team. Yeah, but the problem is every year there's going to be new guys. So if you're constantly, yeah. have, if it takes you three months to gel as a team in games, 
you've already lost the whole season. That's not a that's not a sustainable right. system to to run in the current system. So you got to either update or move on and retain John Show to move on because he clearly was not going to be a. Uh, uh, an upgrade, and then, yeah, and then he he was also staunch on using his system no matter what, even when it wasn't working, to the point where you you know what I mean. You knew what was going to happen. No adjustments. No adjustments at all whatsoever mm-hmm. at halftime. We're going to play our game. This is our game. If if it doesn't, if we if it's not going to win, it's not going to win. That's you can't in today's game. You can't do that. There's too many adjustments that happen. I mean, I, I mean, don't you, even, you could never really do you that. You can't honestly. do that and expect to win. And expect to win. Yeah, right? exactly. unless, unless, unless you have you're just better superior players. athletes. That's, yeah. The and only way don't. to do that is if you have overwhelmingly more talent yeah. than everybody else. Overwhelming. You can it's got to be overwhelming. Yeah, yeah, yeah 100%. Yeah. Overwhelmingly more talent than everybody else. And in the Big East, that's not going to happen. Of course not. It's it's not not happen. Happen. In today's basketball, it's not going to happen. I was just going to say, across the board, it's not going to happen because there's just too much spread outness in terms of talent. Parity. Parity, that's what I'm looking for. Parity. Yeah. Yeah, it's not going to happen. So, you know, Look, good, you know, good luck to him. We'll be yeah. find somewhere Listen, I, else you know, to go. He's not a bad guy. You know, not a good coach, wasn't a, <laughs> but wasn't not a, a bad fit. guy. Wasn't a good fit. Wasn't a good us. fit. We wish him the best, though. Uh, now we look ahead. We look ahead to the new future. We have Exciting times. Currently, Van Macon in charge of the program, which I think is a great move, and why we've seen no players enter the transfer portal at the time of this recording. Yeah. Right. Uh, which is, <laughs> don't want to jinx that. Well, I don't want to jinx it, but it, it, at the time of this recording. And I think that's that points to multiple things. I think that points to uh, Van Macon being a key element of our team, uh, and it, it points to him. I think stepping out and and you know talking to these players and saying, "Listen, you know we have a direction to go." I I think clearly it, it, it speaks to the fact that there's uh, conversations happen with the players that they are on the same page as the administration as to what is going on behind the scenes, uh, and that they seem to be at least allowing the administration to figure it out before they make any decisions, which is good because, like we said, there's talent on this team. The core of this team with the right coach could do some damage. Um, and, you know, so that it, that's exciting to see. I think having Van Macon there right now, hope he might be a guy hopefully we can maybe um, try to retain because uh, I think he might help retain some of the talent that we currently have on the team. So I think that would be very useful whoever the next coach is. Um, and but we could keep the New York market. Well, 100%. He, he's a great recruiter. I mean, there's no yeah. doubt about it. Van Macon's value in terms of getting in New York recruits and getting in good recruits. I mean, he he's a great recruiter, uh, and that's valuable. But I mean, obviously, it's going to come down to who the next coach is and who they want to bring in. They're going to have obviously a lot of say, full say. Um, but it's exciting times in St. John's. I think. Um, you, mean, you mean who Rick Pitino wants? <laughs> right. <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> I mean, Rick Pitino is obviously the guy, and that's why I think there's certainly a lot of excitement right now for St. John's fans. Certainly, there's a lot of excitement for for us. I mean, I mean, I, I'm yeah. excited. Listen, I think, I hope. Rick Pitino is the guy, right? I think he makes a lot of sense. I think he's a guy who will want the job, could thrive in the job, uh, understands New York City, uh, and to be honest, he brings hype to the to the organization, which is something we need, by the way. We Definitely. as an organization need that. We need to be back on the, you know, hype bubble, if you will. Well, we that, that in conference. The conference needs us to start to perform better. We need a better... Well, now we need just a coach in general, but <laughs> we needed a better coach to emphasize our strengths and help us get a better record and make it to the tournament. Now with the Fox Sports deal coming up to its end, I mean, FS1 would love to have Rick Pitino at the Garden. For sure. So it's a great point, Tim. More money for the Big East, a.k.a. more money for us. 
cover Patino's deal right there. Get him. Get the money from the TV deal and pay him with it or pay off Anderson, whichever way you want to go. You know, Tim, that's a that's a great point, uh, absolutely. And I not to get too far into the Big East talk because we want to talk about obviously the coaching possibilities. Uh, but it was great for the Big East this year to get five teams in the tournament without Villanova, right? Jay Wright's gone. The Villanova era is over. You know, there's some question marks about that, right? Was Villanova really keeping that conference alive? Clearly, the answer is no, right? We yeah. got a two seed, yeah. a three seed, a four seed, a four seed. You know, th- this is still a power conference. Right, we've got five teams in. We didn't need Villanova, the Villanovas of the world, to do that, and I, I think that's also a real, a real big bonus. I just wanted to touch on that. Uh, but no, Rick Pitino is our guy. But I think we do have to, you know, do some diligence here. Talk a little bit about some other options, right? Because can, can we talk about Rick Pitino a little bit more? Just because we can talk, talk, we can come back to Rick. Pitino. I really, I will talk about him. As we'll an talk option. about him a little bit because we'll talk about him as an option. But let's talk about the other options that are most likely not going to happen anyway. <laughs> but let's, we need to talk about them, okay? So there's. Big Rick Patino, there's Ricky Patino. <laughs> <laughs> um, in in all seriousness, there are some other names that are floated around. Speedy Claxton is a name that comes up. He's the coach of Hofstra. They have a good program. They're the one seed I think last year in the CAA. The two seed this year, uh, obviously lost in the conference tournament, didn't make it. But um, you know he's a good coach. He's he's taken a program that's pretty small and made them a predominant member of that colonial that colonial athletic conference, uh, which is a decent conference, not a, not a, no, you know, no, no terrible conference there. It Charleston is. came out of there. It is, but I think Hofstra had been good prior, too. It's not that he... Yeah, I don't know that he's they He's only were. been there for the last two seasons. Right, and he's done a good job there, don't get me wrong, but... They've also uh, had the player of the year for the last two years in Aaron Estrada. In years past, I feel... So, I don't know. Maybe I'm just... Maybe I'm down on Speedy Claxton a little bit. Maybe that's just my, my bias there, but I, I don't know. I just don't... Yeah, that's fine. I, wa- I watched him in the conference tournament, and I was like... Uh, yeah. This looks a little similar, and That's I don't know fair. if I want similar. That's fair. Uh, yeah, Some not. other names thrown around: Matt Langle from Colgate. You know, Colgate, New York School, obviously. So geography plays a bit of a key there. Why he would come to St. John's? Um, he's done a good job of getting Colgate into the tournament. They're in the tournament again this year. So you know, he's an option out there that that's floated around pretty regularly for the St. John's job. Yeah, I don't. I'm I'm not too hot on him. I mean, listen, I think he's a really good coach. I think he requires time to get. The program to where it needs to be. It, it took him a couple of years when he was at Colgate before they actually started to win constantly in their in their uh, conference. So I just I don't think he would be the, the perfect fit for us because we want somebody to win now, win quick. We don't give people time. We that's, don't we don't give fair. them time. But I think if you're I've talked about this before. If you're not going to get a guy like Rick Pitino, then if you're going to pick a young guy, you got to give him time. Yeah. No. So whether we want to give him time or not is a different question. But like. You could say that. I think you could argue, make that argument about anybody that's not an established coach. 100%. I think that besides Rick Pitino, because we're going to put him on a, a separate shelf we're going to talk about in a second, uh, anybody else in that, that category should be a young hire. If it's a young hire, we got to give him time. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're correct about that, which is why I think going for a guy like Rick Pitino makes sense because this team is ready to win now if it keeps the players it keeps. Uh, and we just need somebody at the helm to do it. And this program is ready to win now, right? We're tired of losing. I know I am. Uh, and if we get a young guy, it's going to be a rebuild, and, yeah. and we don't do that. Anyway, talking about some other young guys, Robert Jones from Norfolk State. He's a Queens guy. Uh, he could come back. Norfolk State's been pretty good. I mean, they're in the MEAC, so it's a pretty small conference. But they've dominated. But they have dominated. They're back. In, mm-hmm. They're in the tournament again this year, I think. They lost They lost. Uh, that's what it was. They, as yeah. Nick said before. They lost they lost oh, right. Howard. Sorry, they lost to the Howard. Oh, my bad. But they had won two years in a row prior yeah, to that. Yeah, they were the two yep. seed in the tournament. And Norfolk State is not a traditional power in the MEAC, so he did build them up yeah. from being not a traditional yeah. power being a power, which I think is is valid. 
is important. Yeah, I mean, it, he interviewed for the Fordham job twice and got turned down, so I'm not really sure we want the rejects of the Fordham job. Not uh, fair. You know what I mean? I yeah, just, but yeah, maybe Fordham doesn't always know what they're doing. Uh, sure. I they're mean, good this year, though. They were decent this year. Good this year, though. Uh, Mike Bray, although I don't really think there's any heed to that. I, I think not, not golf for Pitino. No. I, uh, I just not don't feel Mike Bray. I, I think Mike Bray goes to Georgetown. I, I could, I could, I could I see, see that yeah, happen. That's what I think. I'm okay with that. Uh, hopefully we can beat him. I'm fine with that. And then obviously, you know, Mike Boyton is always talked about. I don't. It, Oklahoma State was the first team out of the tournament this year. I don't see how he leaves. Why he leaves? He's not getting fired. Uh, so I don't really see a scenario in which he even. It's just illogical. I just it doesn't make sense to me. But it's talked I about. I don't, I don't. Yeah, I don't. I don't get it. I don't. I don't see. It. I don't. I just don't see him leaving that job to come for our job. As a, I don't know. I just. I don't. I think we need to reset the value of our job. For St. John's, I think the value of the St. John's job right now is historically low. I think we are. I, I I've said it before, and I think I, I stand by it. I think it's one of the hardest and least desirable Power Six jobs in the country. Absolutely, if not the worst, if not the least desirable, it's in the bottom five. It's hard. The narrative right now about us is that we're the we used to be the prominent team in the Big East, and now we're trying to get back to that. Right. We and we've been failing at it. That's well, the narrative of St. John's been for the last 20 years, 23 years. Correct. And expectations are high. You're in the New York market, which high. expects you to win right away. The facilities are not at the top of the level in the Big East. They're towards the bottom. Yeah. The All of those things are factors. So we're giving you a hard task in a tough league. Well, there's also and, a lot, and we want you to do it fast. And if you don't do it fast, we're going to fire you and move on. There's a lot of things to do in New York. Mm. you got to get people's attention. And, and, if you, and if you don't win, That's a tough job. you got no attention. You can't be in the middle of the pack and and get attention. It's not going to happen. So yeah, I'm, I'm I'm agreeing with you. I, I just think I just think it's a hard, very difficult job with not a lot of benefits. So you need the right person to right. really. And that's that's where we're at right now. Could we be a better sure. job in the future? Yes, because we have historic uh, things, or whatever. But I just think you know, I that's why I think we're now perfect. We'll yeah. talk. About, I don't know if we want to talk about it now, but well, yeah. just one name before, okay. and, I, and I'll, I'll throw it out there. If we're gonna go young guy, the guy we should target. Uh, who's kind of tough, but Pat Kelsey, Charleston's coach. Yeah, he's going to have other options. He just got an extension from Charleston. Uh, Not that that means much anymore, but uh, he's a guy who you you could see. Now, he doesn't make any sense. He has no ties. He's a guy from, you know, coaching Charleston, South Carolina. Um, So, like, he doesn't make a lot of sense, but if if you go to a guy like him, sure, I could be on board with it. The problem is if you're you're not getting him, you're not getting Patino, you're going to get somebody in the middle – it's to, yeah, to me, it's not worth it. It doesn't make sense, and that's why Rick Pitino, who we will now let's talk about now discuss. That's what we want to talk about candidate. anyway. He's our lead candidate, and with all due respect, he's most likely our guy. He's let's the one A option. That there are other schools interested. Georgetown has come up, but they're not interested in him. Yeah, Notre yeah. Dame has come up. That's scary. Uh, which is scary because they can pay him a ton of money. Texas Tech has come up. They can pay him a ton of money. I'm less worried about them. I'm I'm not really worried about either of them to be completely honest, and here's why: uh, Rick Pitino has said he doesn't want to go. There's only a handful of places he'll go and live. Uh, Lubbock, Texas, is certainly not on that list. I would be shocked. Lubbock, Texas, is yeah. five hours from any major city, and by major city, I mean Oklahoma City, Albuquerque, and Dallas. So it's not even in the right side of Texas. Okay, it is so far in the middle of nowhere. It is just. You know, there, there's no appeal for Rick Pitino there, except for money. Uh, but he's going to get money wherever he goes, which makes Notre Dame, I think, his second second on the list and what, who I'd be more afraid of than Texas Tech. But again, I, I don't know if Notre Dame is willing to, I don't know, 
Rick Pitino's got some baggage. Bag- yeah, yeah, he has right? too much baggage for that. I don't know if Notre Dame is the school who's going to be willing to say, yeah, we can put that aside. They're also just getting getting away from Mike Bray, who's been there for, what, 20-some-odd years? 23, not... I think? Some, yeah, I think he like came that. right around 2000, so... So 23-ish years. And yeah. they're, they're not going to go get another really old coach who's 70, who they're going to have to, in, you know, maybe five, six years, have to so, revamp their whole program That's again. a good point. We'll also be 71 by the time the season starts, so... Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but Notre, you know, but Notre Dame basketball has struggled of recent, and for a long time, Notre Dame basketball was really good. So, I could see them. For them, they seem they feel probably feel like they're a little bit in dire straits, like we do. Now we are in more dire straits, I would say, than they are. They're still a football first school, though. They are a football first school, but they also have a lot more money. They do. They have a lot more money, and <laughs> so they do. They do still care about. They can basketball. have Rick Pitino live in Chicago and buy him a private helicopter for him to fly back and forth the games. They, really they do have enough money to do that, sure. yes. Right now, will they do it? I don't know. I'm not saying they will, um, but they could. Yeah, or they could. Yeah, they could. I I don't know. I think it is. For, yeah, for it um, is pretty locked up. For Notre Dame, I, w- I was doing some research for this. Uh, they uh, they think the top candidate for that is is Micah Strawberry from Penn State. Um, he he's from um Indiana. He he coached one time at um. Indiana University at South Bend, so he's already lived in South oh, Bend. Gotcha. Um, outside of that, I think there. I saw like people talking about the Colgate guy. They were talking about even the Drake guy, and they mentioned Chris Holt from Ohio State, but he also just made a run to the Big Ten semifinals. Yeah, but they're ter- um, they were terrible. They, they were, were very bad. terrible. But I don't know if I, I've. I don't know if I see Notre Dame getting Ohio State's rejected coach. Yeah, I don't. I don't see. I don't see them getting Chris Holt, man. I don't. Yeah, I that don't, one doesn't, doesn't make doesn't sense, make sense to me. I could see Langle. That makes sense to me. He's a young coach who's been successful. You see what you got there. Uh, the kid from. I, I mean, I don't know if they're connected to the person, the Kelsey from Charleston. You've seen some other. I haven't. Seen you've seen some other pieces fall though too. Chris Beard just got signed with Correct. Ole Miss. Yeah. Will Wade. Will McNeese Wade went State. to McNeese State. And then you had Damon. Fresh uh, out of jail, right to McNeese State. <laughs> and then you had that Damon Stoudemire go to um, Georgia Tech. That was another program that was. We were wondering who would. Right. You know what I mean? They could put, right. potentially poach one of these guys, but they didn't. They, didn't. they went with the Celtics. That's good. Yeah, I think, look, uh, the Rick Pitino hype is in full effect. Uh, the New York Post and Zach Braziller and Steve Serby and Mike Vicar, I think all have written articles about how perfect a fit um, Pitino would be. And I think the overwhelming national media has been very uh, excited about the idea that Pitino is coming to St. John's and being back in the Big East. So there's certainly a lot of hype from it, and... Uh, I, St. John's fans are excited because I think Patino resets our job. I think Patino is a guy who's going to come in. He said he wants to coach like six more years. Um, he can come in. He'd make us instant, instantly credible uh, with recruits, instantly credible in the national scene. Um, he could take this team. If he can keep his core together, I think he can make this team. He could take this team and go to a 316 Absolutely. with, with yeah, the current team as, sure. as, as, as currently constituted. He could bring us back to the national prominence that we think we are. Correct. I also think he keeps more players than any other coach. I would agree with that. I think more of the core stays. Yeah. Uh, I agree. Absolutely. And I also think that he's a guy who wins. So right. I think the floor with Rick Pitino is a 20-win season make the NCAA tournament. That's the floor I'm on okay a regular that. basis. <laughs> we haven't had that in 20 years. <laughs> no, no, for no, sure. Right? So, Dear, I'm, I'm just looking for a win on Thursday, for <laughs> God's sake. I just want to see Friday. You know, I'm East just trying to see Friday the Big East tournament. Right, 100%. You know? So, um, I, 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 so I, that's why I'm excited about Rick Pitino. I mean, I think he's a perfect fit. I mean, if you saw some of his interviews when people started asking him, 
he he's like the one who's like, oh really? Uh, St. John's? I hadn't heard anything about. Them. Don't know where, don't know where they're located. You can uh, tell really? certainly. You can tell certainly from his interviews that he's leaving Iona. <laughs> like you yeah. can tell he's like because it's I you know I was watching an interview with him the other day. He's you know no like I have nothing but great feelings for Iona. You know we didn't get the extension. It didn't work out. But there's no hard feelings here at all. It's great feelings. Like great feelings <laughs> because you know you're out the door. Like that's it, yeah. right? His buyout, his buyout zero. He did exactly. And uh, by the way, smart restructuring by him. Realizing that he would want to leave at some point or exactly. have the possibility and not wanting to be stuck in Iona, right? No offense to Iona, but it's, you know, it's, it is what it is. Uh, I also think our moves point towards a Rick Pitino hiring, right? The only reason you fire him on the Friday before Selection Sunday is because you know who you're going to hire and you want to show to them that you're their guy, right? The yes. only way you can do that is to get rid of your current coach. You fire your coach. You say, listen, the job is open. It is yours. That's why you do it. That's the only way that yeah. firing makes sense. Otherwise, there's no reason to fire him at that point. Yeah. You know what I mean? You could have waited a week. You could have waited until after the NCAA tournament. But Rick Pitino has said he wants a team that's all in on him. I think this points towards St. John saying, here you go. Rick, the job is yours. And Shanley and, um, and Mike Craig have both. They're they're Shanley's you know, leading the charge on this, and they're they're of the same mind seemingly from you know all the reports. Everybody's saying that they both agree that uh, Patino is a good fit. Finally, to have a president who's in line. Wait, wait, what a what a great time! I know it's great when things it work together. Oh, and I think also for Patino, this makes sense, right? I think for I think the biggest competition we're going to have with Patino, if there's if there's you know if there's still things to be worked out, I think the only other place that I think the biggest threat for him is to stay in Iona. Yeah. I think personally, I think that. I think he's comfortable where he is. He part of the thing is he loves where he's at. So being St. John's, he wouldn't have to move. That's a that's a bonus, it's right? Huge. That's obviously helpful for him. That's why St. John's a good fit for him. When you're seven years old, that's huge. Look, he for he's seven years old. He, he wants to get back into major college basketball, right? But he he wants a certain lifestyle, like you said. He's certain places he's not going to move to. He's not he's not he doesn't need the money and he doesn't need the the build it. Uh, he doesn't need the success at a random place, right? Here it is, two national championships. Yeah, right. So this is, with all respect, this is his last job. It's his legacy he's playing for. He's, right? He's looking for his yeah. last. But job. he wants to be comfortable. The, well, the only question is what big schools open up following the tournament, right? Which is always kind of an always kind of a possibility. The only other one I could think of off the top of my head would be Texas. And they have if, an interim head coach, right? They have now. an interim head coach. You know, if he goes far in the tournament, then yeah, he'll probably get yeah, hard to job. fire him then. Right, but if he doesn't, say he gets bounced in the first round, they get upset. I, they they would open yeah. that job up, and then they would, if you know, that's a lot. Austin, Texas is not as big as one of the bigger cities, but it's Texas, though. Yeah, but that's yeah, fair. But would Texas really go for Rick Pitino? I don't. I, I don't, don't think, think he so. fits. I don't think they. I don't go think for he him. fits there. That would he's, be my thing. He's not. They, he's not a southern guy. Frankly, Texas could take any coach in the country. That's why. Yeah. That's why. Yeah. They could poach anybody. So basically. every major coach. So right. Is on, so is why are we thing? going for Rick Pitino? Yeah, one hundred. They don't need. I'm with you. I. I mean, not that Rick Pitino is not a great coach, but. There's, it's a it's it's not a great fit. I just, but you're right. There are teams that there are other teams that could lose. That all of a sudden could be like you know what Rick Pitino might be a good option for us. So let's hope that Iona loses right away. <laughs> right so away. We can lock this up. Let's get this let's locked go, up UConn. right away. Right. Right. Let's not get crazy. We I don't got know. Big East all the way, baby. I root for the Big East. I don't count UConn. <laughs> I'll even swallow a Providence. Only- I'll, I'll even swallow pro- rooting for Providence in the tournament because I know it's better for St. John's at the end of the day. However, I cannot. I refuse. To swallow rooting for UConn. I can't do it. I cannot bring myself down to that disgusting Husky level. I can't do it. <laughs> that Husky I level. I can't do it. It's you, just, it's too low. Only the private schools are the biggest. It's you just, for. it's just too low for me. <laughs> I just can't do it. To live in squalor? No, I can't do it. I, I, 
To live live like you live in Connecticut? Good God. <laughs> Come on. Isn't Connecticut just a bunch of highways anyway? That's it's a, the worst ride in America. <laughs> worst, longest ride in the smallest state. Go yeah. to Connecticut. <laughs> I, Yeah, no, I... You're right. I, UConn's hard to root for. I, I don't know. That I can't I can do it. it. I know. I, I, I hope Rick Bettino beats him, lose on the <laughs> lose on the Sunday, <laughs> and then we hire him on Tuesday. I just want it to be over. I used to think. I think Rick Bettino is a perfect hire for us in every way. I think I've said this eight times now, but um, <laughs> I think we need, like you said, it's about the pursuit of him. Make him feel special. This is your. We it want is. you. We want you here. We need you here. Yeah. You Let's also, get you, it done. You also know Let's why hope. we need him to lose. One, the longer it takes, the longer I don't know if I could take of us not having. <laughs> that. I'm going to be so worried every single day that maybe he'll go somewhere else. Maybe this team's because go we're St. John's. Because we're seeing something that. bad always happens. Well, just like dark Marquette, cloud, baby. just like the Marquette game, we dark knew cloud. we knew we were going to win it, but the whole time they give you hope that you were going to get every last second. Well, that's we'll why it feels, almost, it feels almost too good to be true. We'll have it's, to see it play exactly. out. I do think it sounds a little too good to be true. I'll believe it when it happens, but I think. It's going to happen, but we'll have to see how it plays out. Anyway, the Big East tournament obviously did finish up. Marquette went on to win it all. Uh, first time they won the Big East tournament. Good for them. Uh, you know, uh, surprising that they, they won this year. It's the first time they won. Yeah, I mean, they, uh, a little bit. They're a good program, yeah. uh, but they didn't have their best teams uh, when, since they joined the Big East, mm, yeah. to be completely fair. No, that's not I true. guess that's not true. No, that's not true they, at all. No, they, I, well, Remember that year when they had, what's his they name? They had Jimmy Butler on the, in the Big East. They had, that's true. They had Marcus Howard. Justin and the Lewis. Hauser brother. Just, like, they, were, they had some good teams. But the Big East is a tough league. It is a tough league. And the Big East tournament's a tough play. I mean, it's a, like we talked about, the environment's amazing. And, that Marquette UConn game, by the way, was probably the game of the tournament. That was well, actually. I take that back. Really I take that back. That's not. That's absolutely not true. No, our game was the game. Our of the game tournament. was the game of the tournament. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> went to overtime. Although, although went to the, overtime, we almost knocked off the number one seed. Actually, the, by the, the way, Paul Seaton Hall probably would get a run for but, the money. Th- what I was going to say, the, the Thursday <laughs> games. Uh, I guess the Paul <laughs> the Paul Seaton Hall was Wednesday, but uh, the Thursday games as a whole were great of the biggest tournament. Yeah. There was only one blowout. Yes, that's true. Uh, all three of the games came down to the wire, which was great to see. Yeah. Uh, and even you're right. Even on uh, our game was a blowout, but the Seton Hall DePaul game was incredible. Literally the last play of the game, which I would contend, by the way, that's a goaltend. Uh, I'm, I, I think I'm with you, but it's it's damn close. It's it's in the cylinder. I think it's uh, I I think it's a goaltend. I think Seton Hall got hosed. Got hosed bad. I, Just my opinion. But I didn't see. The, I didn't see the last play. Did no. you see the last well, play? No, I didn't. Oh, right, go back and watch it. Go watch it on YouTube. Go back and watch it. It's a crazy. It's a block. If it's a, it, they ruled it a block. So a crazy weren't you, block. Weren't you there? I left. I was. I no, was he was on the train myself. home. That's probably why. Uh, well, 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 I'm not gonna lie. Don't get me wrong. Being on the Big East tournament is an awesome time, except when you are alone. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, that's fair. That's fair. It's a little sad. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anyway, go back watch the play. You'll see. They called it a block. I think it's a. It's a. It was a goal time. Anyway. Marquette went on to win it. Now we are in the NCAA tournament times. Five Big East teams going. Uh, Marquette, Creighton, UConn, Xavier, and Providence. Providence, sneaky on the bubble. Got in, though. Good for the Big East. Yeah, they deserved it. They did deserve it. And, and I'm, did. I'm happy did. for the big conference that they got in. Definitely. You know, and you know, there was the opportunity for a four-team Big East final. Uh, Final Four, I should you, say. You're going to have to root for UConn to do that. I'm, I, I was going to say, I'm not rooting for that, but that is a possibility. Um, but as we talk about the NCAA tournament, why don't we go around? What do you got your final four, Craig? Give me your final four. So my final four, uh, I did this quickly, you know, uh, the first, first look without really trying to think too hard, just trying to go through it. Uh, I have Alabama, Kansas state, Xavier and Kansas, and I have Alabama as my champion. 
Look at you. Just the bad guys win. The bad guys win. That's what you got. Tim, who's your final four? It, so my final four, you got Alabama and Marquette on the left side. Okay. You got Texas and Kansas on the right side. All right. Rematch of the Big 12. Yep. Kansas going to the finals against Marquette. And Marquette losing to Kansas. Double-time champion for Kansas. Back-to-back. Yes, I, I believe so. All right. I like that. Nick, who do you got? All right, my final four, I have Alabama out of the South region. I got Marquette out of the East region. I got Houston out of the Midwest. And then I got UCLA out of the West. All right, who you got in your finals? In my finals, I have Alabama beating Marquette versus UCLA beating Houston. Which is funny because they're both a little injured, both Houston and UCLA. Yeah. And then I have... UCLA winning it all. Look at you. All right. Beating Alabama. Because you went there this year, isn't it? Yeah. I did. Yeah. And that's exactly why. <laughs> all right. I saw them in live, and they were really, really good they, to they watch. Did, they just got a pretty bad injury, though. They did. They, it was one of their... Like sixth man or yeah, off the guy's bench. Yeah. We'll have to see. Same thing with Houston. Like you, like you Same mentioned. Same thing with Houston. They're, yeah. they're in a, I think that kid from Houston is going to be back if, probably the second weekend. If they, if they make it. But, I mean, obviously, they have an easy first game. All right, my final four, uh, I have Alabama as well. Look at us all putting the bad guys down there. Marquette uh, on the same side in the east bracket from there. Nice. I got Xavier. Come on, guys. Got to stick to the Big East here. I got Xavier. Um, yeah, but you didn't have Marquette. Uh, Kansas in the in the bottom, the west bracket there. Uh, and then my finals is going to be... Alabama and Xavier. Come on, I'm not picking Marquette. We can't be all Big East all the time. I was going to say, what a homer. Uh, <laughs> no, I do have Xavier beating Alabama. Though. Oh, so you are a homer. You, you are a homer. I know, I've said all season long, Xavier's best team in the Big East. When you're the best team in the best conference, I think you get it. You have probably second, second best, best conference. conference. <laughs> Sorry, Big 12. Hard, I, hard to say. No disrespect. I, I take that statement back. When you're the best team in the second best conference, because the Big 12 is the best conference right now, uh, you get to go to the championship and you get to win. Uh, I think the bad guys lose in the end. And that's why Alabama doesn't walk away with the championship. So Sean Miller comes back after being I I guess untouched. I guess the bad guys do win because Sean Miller wins. <laughs> a different bad guy a wins. A different bad guy. He wins a bad guy for a different reason. Anyway, all right, why don't you give me one uh, upset, your biggest upset of the first round here. Craig, let's not start with you. You started last time. Nick, what do you got? All right, so for my upset, and actually I'll, I'll go for a twofer on this one. I'm going to go with Charleston. Following Craig's path, all right. No, no, it's a twofer. Something about being first. No, 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 I'll tell you why it's a twofer. Because I think Charleston is going to beat San Diego State. Okay. And then they're going to go on and beat Virginia and get to the Sweet 16. Just following Craig's path. You're picking, you're picking, you're, you picked an upset in the round we didn't even say we were talking no, about. No, I mean, I think they're going to upset in the first round, and I also think they're going to have an upset in the well, second I, round. I appreciate you your commitment to Charleston. Upset. I appreciate your, your commitment to Charleston. I agree. I think they have a shot of being San Diego State. Uh, and Virginia, anybody has a shot at beating, as UMBC proved in the past. Tim, what do you got? I have Kent State being Indiana. All right. I like and that. that's mostly focused on whenever I bet on Indiana this year, they have lost, they have underperformed, and I cannot stand losing <laughs> money to Indiana. Tim, if we uh, if we picked all the teams that you lost betting on, we'd have a field of 125, and no, and everybody would win. So it's kind of hard to say that that's the reason. But, but you know, I was saying conference conference championships. I had hit eight straight. Wow! Oh, look at you. You're on a heater. Yeah. All right. We have to keep that in mind come tournament time. Uh, Craig, who do you until I took uh, Purdue. Uh, uh, there it is. Plus uh, minus seven and a half. Ooh, again. rough. By the way, talk about bad beats on Sunday. The uh, the AAC game. Had an over-under of 124.5. The score was 
124. The uh-huh. SEC game had an over-under of 154 and a half, and the over-under was 154. Jeez. The score was 154. Wow. Rough times. Craig, what do you got? My upset is going to be my Furman Paladins. I talked about before how much I love them. Guys, go get the Furman jersey out, Craig. I, you think I might Pur- buy You know, one. purple was Craig's favorite color growing up. That I think that true. has something to do with it. It might be. And um, it's college color. And that's, that's true. true. That's true, also yeah. true, Tim. Yeah. Um, the fighting violence. So that's right. So I'm, I'm rooting for the Dins. Against the uh, like this guy knows the nicknames. Yeah, right. It's on their jerseys, bro. You yeah. don't know. You don't know about Furman. Don't I don't know keep about Furman's Furman. name out your what, mouth. Okay. The, the Furman dinghies. <laughs> they're the Paladins. Okay, the Paladins. And they're <laughs> gonna, who's your best player? And, 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 and they're gonna beat. And they're gonna beat Virginia in round one. And I actually think I agree with Nick. Charleston's gonna win. And I think. But I think Furman's going to be. I was going to say Nick and Craig battle. Furman. A Nick and Craig battle in the second round. Imagine when they play each other. We're going to have to fight. Definitely. Craig boxing glove. Craig's definitely the kind of guy to Instagram message the Furman players to hype them up pregame. Yo, man, you got this today. Good luck. <laughs> yeah. Well, especially if I'm trying to beat Nick, that, then I have to do. <laughs> I'm it, talking right? about round one. <laughs> Don't worry about that. <laughs> <laughs> he, he just he just knows he's done it before when he's been on the game. All right, I'll give you my biggest upset, and you know what, Nick, I will follow in your footsteps. I'm going to go with a two for. Uh, but I'm going to you know, combo it, make it one conference. I think Utah State beats Missouri. Utah State's extremely hot right now. Mm-hmm. I think they've been underrated, uh, to be honest, uh, all season. And I think they get Missouri, who is in the SEC and a bit overrated. Uh, I think the same thing happens with Boise State. Uh, it way underseeded at a 10 seed. I also think Northwestern's a little overseeded as a 7 seed. Not at uh, all. And I think Boise State gets the best of them there. You think Northwestern's overseeded? I do. Wow, I, I think Northwestern's underseeded, frankly. But I don't. I, I, do. I, would, I would lean I to don't. say they were. I like North. I like Northwestern. The Big Ten is not that good. Number one. Okay. They're not that bad. They're not that good. They're not that bad. They're probably the. Let's see. Third best conference. Fourth. Who's it better than? Are you saying the SEC? Yeah, I think the SEC is better than the Big Ten. They got eight teams in the tournament. They got the number one overall seed. They got an underseeded Texas A and M team. Tennessee, who's a good team. I, just, I don't think the Big Ten was as good uh, as it is hyped up to be this year. I mean, I, I generally agree with you that the Big Ten is overhyped. Uh, they usually are, but I think they were top-heavy this year, and I think they're, they're top teams of, of them, Indiana. I guess they were. Really I don't know if they were top-heavy. They're, they're, they're like, top-heavy in like, only Purdue. In like six, well, besides Purdue, that's fair. I mean, that was their definitive one, and that's then true. after that they had... They had like six teams tied for the next for second place. Yeah. They yeah, were like, so was like all, five, all, eleven, and all that, seventeen. All that means is that they didn't play that well in conference. By the way, or, I'm not. Or, or I'm not I was saying that. I was just saying in terms of being top heavy. I I don't think it means that they're all really good. Like, look at Iowa. Iowa's not that good. Iowa's not a terrible team. I mean, the, the, Iowa's not as good. Iowa is an eight seed. They're higher ranked than Auburn. I think Auburn's better than them. But I certainly yeah. think, uh, you know, t- Texas A and M. I mean, is, Northwestern's underseeded too. I don't think they're underseeded. I think they're overseeded. Okay, well, you may think they're overseeded, but that doesn't make it so. Well, I know, but I, I'm saying, I, I but I, the reason I think they're overseeded is because I think that the Big Ten is not as good as the SEC. Yeah, I mm-hmm. would, I would disagree. I think the Big Ten is. Yeah, I don't know. I think it's close. I don't know. It's, I think close. it's close, but I just think Northwestern specifically. I just like I think Texas A&M is specifically. I think the I think underseeded. I think Northwestern and under and te- Texas A&M are both underseeded. Uh, yeah, I do. Yeah, I agree with that. I think Kentucky might be a little overseeded. Kentucky's definitely Kentucky's overseeded. Kentucky's always overseeded. So is Duke, by the way, but they're in the ACC. Mm. 
Duke got Duke's really hot. good it, at it the doesn't, end. It doesn't not enough to move you up. Being hot, I don't I don't like that theory. I don't like the theory either, but it's Duke, well, and that's why. Well, being, I'm being uh, hot when no, you win your last no, like, thirteen. No doubt, Duke was always going to get that high of a seed. Yeah. I don't I don't dis- I don't doubt that. I'm just saying. No, I yeah. just don't think they. Anyway, I think Boise State gets uh gets the best of uh, Northwestern. All right, well that'll do it for this episode of the Red Storm Chasers for Craig, Tim, and Nick. I'm Vincent. Go Johnnies. Unfortunately, no more games this year. But, but big uh, decision coming. Big decision coming. So we'll uh, so we'll be back. We'll be sure to keep chasing. A head coach. A head coach, exactly. <laughs> so go Johnnies. Keep chasing.